Hello there. You're listening to 10 Questions, where we discuss the wet plate collodion process and the photographers that create these unique images known as ambrotypes and tintypes. I'm your host, Chad Shryock, wet plate photographer for Pork Pie Photography, based in Fort Collins, Colorado. In each episode, I've asked a modern-day practitioner to sit down with me and talk about how they got involved with this vintage process, share some information on their gear and studio, and provide some valuable insights into their creative process. So whether you're just beginning to dabble your toes in the collodion ethers, or you're a seasoned silver bath expert, hang on and see what develops with 10 Questions. Staying true to our podcast goals of speaking with wet platers from around the globe, we're heading to the mountains and forests of a small country in Central Europe. This long-haired, wild man of a photographer has created intriguing portraits of himself, his family, and others, as well as beautiful images of nature while traveling around in his 1972 Land Rover expedition. Based in Slovenia, I'd like to welcome Borut Petrolin to 10 Questions. Borut, thanks Hello. for joining the program. Oh, it's, a, it's an honor, it's a pleasure, and uh, it's, a, it's a good idea to spend the evening. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad to be your, your guest. Yeah, thanks, thanks for being my inaugural international guest, for sure. <laughs> good, good, good. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great to finally talk to you and, and hopefully learn more about your experience and maybe talk about the current collodion movement that's taking place in Europe. Okay. So, so you attended the film and TV school of the Academy of Performing Arts in Prague, or FAMU, mm-hmm. as it's known, right? That's correct. I did my BA in Prague, in Czech Republic. Then I went for to after the my uh, bachelor degree, I went to work for Benetton in Italy, or Fabrica, more specifically. And then I did also postgraduate studies of uh, postgraduate studies in London College of Printing, or as it's renamed now to London College of Communication. So, and then, um, yeah, that's like my formal education. But then I also took workshops with Mark Osterman in Rochester, George Eastman House. Okay. And um, yeah, and I also took workshops with uh, Calvin Greer, who is a master, probably the best master, uh, carbon printer in the world. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I give a lot of attention to, to the education. Great, great. Yeah, I saw that the, uh, the film school that you went to is the fifth oldest film school in the world, so it's been around for quite some time. What, what was your primary focus in your studies there? Well, let's say like this. First of all, before I got to the academy, I finished my uh, school for carpentry. <laughs> so, you know, I, I love photography all my life. I mean, not all my life, from, from age 11. But I, I didn't have equipment. As you know, the photography can get expensive. Oh, yeah. And I didn't, have, I didn't have a good, I mean, I had like an old Russian camera that was not even working. The light meter wasn't working. So, so I didn't have any, 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 nothing to show, basically. But I had a lot of, you know, passion, I just keep on doing. So so what I'm trying to say is that it was like a giant leap 
for me to get from the secondary carpentry I mean, from the carpentry school to the to the academy of for photography and film and i've done that in a quite good good uh, quite, let's say with the style <laughs> you know you know yep. uh, you, you know how this proverb says uh, you know basically if you don't know what you're doing, you want, you're either crazy or original, you know, or both. <laughs> so, so you know, uh, I really, I didn't have any contact with anybody from photography. I had one person who taught me how to technically develop black and white print and expose properly the film. But that was it, you know, from, um, you know, what photography should be, what photography could be. Nobody taught me that. I, um, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not even the capital of Slovenia. Slovenia is a small country of 2 million residents, and uh, capital has around 400,000 residents. Okay. And I'm not even there, you know. I'm in a, in a, in a say, uh, an hour drive away, which means that it's not a cultural hub. <laughs> so, anyway, the point is, I, I read all the books, all the books that I could get, also in German, also, although the German was, um, or English was not my, 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 my language at the time. I mean, I couldn't really read. But, you know, I was, uh, if, I, if I have a, one superpower, I have a persistence. Oh, my goodness. I am really persistent. I'm so persistent. It's 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 like when I'm looking back, it's funny. <laughs> it's kind of tragically funny, that's, but I am. That's uh, a great attribute <laughs> to have for this process, for sure. Well, that's absolutely true. That's uh, that's actually that's where that you're so right about that. You know, everybody who who have done wet plate <laughs> may have a laugh. Uh, is laughing now probably because they they know exactly what you're talking about. And what uh, so so yeah uh, so what I'm trying to say uh, let's say like if you're talking photography you know like basically they, we had to illustrate one uh, for for entry exam we had to illustrate one uh, one one text and I wrote uh, you know you could take whatever poem whatever text from the book whatever but I I wrote my own text and my own story and it it was like a Little Red Riding Hood Part Two. Which means that uh, Little Red Riding Hood was, it was, the story was happening in the city, not in the forest. The Little Red Riding Hood was, uh, was a bad guy and the wolf or the, the, the dog was a victim, you know, and everything, I flipped everything around. And I used some really, uh, yeah, I used really crazy technique of retouching. We are talking about uh, 1993 uh, year, so you know, or or even yeah, 1993. So, so, so basically, is, everything was pre, done by pre-digital by for hand. sure. Yeah, Abs- absolutely. So everything was done by hand, and you know, and I and and on Cibachrom, uh, uh, older photographers knows what that is. So basically, for, uh, that you have a slide transparency, and then you. Uh, positive, you you uh, enlarge through a, a larger to a, to a positive, from positive to positive, which basically the the process doesn't. I mean, probably in the United States you you can still find one or two labs that can do that, but in Europe maybe you can get one or two, but basically it's extinct. The process is extinct because it's super super poisonous and 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 nobody's doing the transparency anymore. Or not many. So, um, so, so what I'm trying to say is like this was very technically 
it was original idea. It was very technically challenging. And when I got to the academy and when I was accepted, they asked me how I've done it. <laughs> I have to show them how I've done it. So it was, it was, it was good. It was good. So, so I'm, I'm assuming that you were primarily based in film photography at that time and, and a lot of printing, printing out type processes. Did you even hear oh. about wet plate during, during your time there? No. Yeah. No, not at all. Not at all. I still remember the day when I saw wet plate, when I decided this is something that I'm going to do. <laughs> it was in London. There was a, uh, I, had, I had a solo exhibition there at the host gallery. So at that time, also Sally Mann was, was exhibiting in photographer's gallery, in London's photographer's gallery. Uh, okay. and, I have, and, I, and I clearly remember 1994 when Sally Mann was not yet Sally Mann. <laughs> she, she exhibited in a small festival Slovakia in Bratislava and we as students we went to see it and I still remember when we were talking about her her photography and so on in the class so anyway I wanted to see you know after so many years I wanted to see the same prints again and I want to see if if you know with with a if I will still be impressed and yes I was still impressed <laughs> by her printing I mean by you know images everybody knows but you know print is a print so it's still, it's a master masterpiece, each of them. But, you know, I got there and I saw these crazy pictures and I, and, I, and I wasn't really sure. And then, of course, I read what is uh, everything that is about the exhibition. And, of course, I learned what wet plate is. It was the first time, uh, first time that I saw that somebody was using this uh, handmade, handcrafted photography process in contemporary art, you know, and I was like, on that spot, I decided this is something that I'm going to do. And since I'm a professional photographer, I cannot do, you know, I can, I, I don't want to do it just for during the, it's, it's not a weekend project is, uh, you know, another life, life's goal. Right. You were going to jump, <laughs> so jump right into it then. So, that's right. So, so when, when was it that you actually started learning about the process? Oh, it, it took me like uh, another two years to actually get all the chemistry and uh, people that uh, c- could talk to me. I've learned in Serbia, actually. <laughs> there was uh, uh, one guy, Misha Kiskenovic, who who had a workshop there. And uh, I went uh, to Serbia, which is, I don't know, five, six hours drive to get to the place. And, you know, and uh, I've learned there the, the, the basics. And then, of course, you know, uh, on, on Facebook, the wet plate community is very well connected. And me and Misha, I was interested from the start into wet plate negatives. You know, I, was, I wasn't, I mean, wet plate positives are great, are really great. I, I totally understand and totally get it why, uh, why it's so popular. But for me personally, a negative is more, is, is, is something that I want to do. I can talk about that later. But the point is that what I'm trying to say is that um, because I was interested in negative and not so much into positive, Mark Osterman just came, like, you know, left a comment and then we started to chat. And actually, uh, when he was coming, uh, when he had like a, a, he was guest in Munich, in Munich, Germany. So that's like five hours drive away uh, north in um I, of course, I went to see him. I'm to meet the man, <laughs> and um, yeah, yeah. And this was really awesome because I, yeah, from that moment, I, you, know, you know how it is. You know, it's you. If you meet a master, and you know the guy who really understands and feels the process, gives you the advices. 
you you get the insights that you cannot get from the books or or you know uh, so anyway so this was um this was this was really special for uh and from there on here i am yeah bro tell me this had you ever seen the process performed before you went to serbia or was your time with misha that was really like your first up close like wow this is this is how you make these images Yes, exactly. Uh, well, uh, in person, that's the first time I've seen it. But otherwise, on the internet, I saw whatever I could saw. I could, uh, you know, uh, so so I, I saw, I, I got a lot of information, but you know how it is. When you first see it, you first see it. Sure. <laughs> I am that kind of person. So what, that was 2011. Okay. What what was your first uh, plate that you actually created? What, what, what was the image of? I think, I'm not sure if it was like a still life. I know, I, I'm not sure which was the first first, but I know that I, I can r- recall first three, first four that I, uh, I made uh, there, you know. I'm not sure which one was the first first, but I think it was like, kind of like a still life or something like that. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I, I noticed that you shoot a variety of different subjects, you know, whether it's portraiture or landscapes and, and even a lot of self-portraits that you've done. Uh, over the years, mm-hmm. do, do you have a particular subject that you prefer or like to photograph? Yeah, well, let's say like this: if we are talking about subject, and uh, from this point of view, you know, there is a rule: if you want to be successful, photographer, artist, photographer, whatever, uh, you have to have your own style. <laughs> but the problem is, you know, that I am, I, I get really. You know, I, I I know a lot about photography, and then I don't want to. And and this, and I, I get bored with the with the routine. You know, I'm kind of, oh my goodness. So so let's say when I see when um, when I'm thinking about the project, I'm thinking about what I want to share, what kind of aesthetic I want to share, and um, and then I, I then then I choose everything according to accordingly, uh, which which process, which camera, which lens. And so on and so on and so forth, you know. So, so for different projects, I've tried, I tried different cameras, different lenses, and I saw that some of them are working better than the other. And uh, for different process, it's just the opposite, you know. So I'm really, really, I wouldn't say that I have a lot. Of, I mean, well, let's, what does it mean to have a lot of equipment? <laughs> you know, um, yeah. I'm not a collector. I'm not a collector. So every every lens that I have. I either use it or I am using it, or I either I, I either, either I was using it or I'm or I will use it or I'm using it. So it's not it's not that I would collect. Although if I must say I, I have a big storage room which is full already, so this is kind of <laughs> I don't <laughs> I, yeah I have to give some equipment away. Right, right. <laughs> T- tell me a little bit about the antiquarian avant-garde movement that you associate yourself with? I mean, I, I would think with someone that yeah. has all of the roots that you have with film photography and digital photography, I mean, why why is wet plate worth all the effort that goes into it and some of these older processes? Okay, that's... Um, there are two, two kinds of answers. Let's start with a personal one. First of all, we are, uh, it's experience, you know, experience. I, I was very successful. Uh, before I started Collodion, 
I was very successful commercial photographer. I built myself a, a house with my uh, commercial photography. But my goodness, I I hate I. If I was if I was I was thinking what would be my weekend uh, like a day off activity, photography would be the last. You know, <laughs> maybe <laughs> okay. like this. This was the state of my 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 mind. You know, I, I got so sick of it, so sick of it. You know, like this digital photography and so on. I make. By the way, I'm making a joke. You know, I'm always saying. You know, I, I mean, very often I have black fingers because of the silvery trait. You get con- contaminated and you get the stain of black stain on your finger. And, you know, I'm I'm saying there was like a guy. I said, what is this stain? Said, well, this is for a silver for silvery trait. Oh, that's uh, that's poisonous or something. I said, no, it's not poisonous. It's actually it's more. I, I'd rather have a black stain on my hand than red eyes like you have from the computer. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah, you know, like because I was there, you know, I had like my my eyes were all swollen and so on because I just had to, like, I was shelling a camera for one hour and then I don't know, the rest of the weekend. I mean, the rest of the day was just uh, emails, sending, uh, editing, and so on and so on. Right, so right. so so yeah. So this is my personal, and I would say I would say that you know many people that I know share this approach. So basically. It's kind of like a magic, you know, like something is reappearing. You are making something with your hands, you know. <laughs> it's something alive, you know. And if you do it like this, it will go this way. If you're doing it like that, it's going to that way. And then again, you know, you, you, you can – anyway, it, it's, it's very unique. It's very a very sure. exciting project uh, process. And I would think that so your, your background as a carpenter and being very hands-on and, and – yeah, proud of of workmanship that you can actually do with your, you know, your own hands kind of thing. That there's some some value yeah. to that, right? Absolutely, absolutely. I I must say that I wouldn't say that I'm. Let's say I I live around people who are like fine, ten times better car. How you call it? Handyman. You know, like like my father built two houses and so on, and and and, and a pool, and he. I don't know. He 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 was making everything from beer to marmalade to to carpets to I don't know like every, like cheese beer whatever. Yeah. He, he's he he was really really a big influence. So I don't I don't find myself to be particularly handy, but I I, I can see uh, that I see a lot of people are seeing me as very handy. Which you know I wouldn't say that I'm very good with my uh, with other crafts, but I am. Again, persistent, persistent, and I and I dare to go to to give it a, a shot, you know. And sometimes I make more mistakes than I mean. Sometimes a job that a car mechanic would do in uh, one hour, it takes me like two days, you know. And it's totally. Or even the last time that I was, um, I either even made uh, some mistakes, so it took me like one week to repair it. I mean, not me, but another guy helped yeah. me with the repairment. That's how it is, you know. I, I um, think you and I have got a lot is, in common. I mean, if if I can if I can save a dollar and try and learn how to do something myself, I'm a, I'm going to try and do that. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think you, it makes your life. It makes you feel alive. You know, it makes you like. I love learning things. Like I learn uh, because when you're learning, you're on unknown territory. You're un you're un uncharted, uncomfortable. You have to adapt. You know, you have to be present. You know, you cannot do it with a routine. You cannot download preset and just 
a copy, do 100 pictures and just paste and, and that's your look and export and ciao, you know. So you cannot do that, you know, you have to be really on the ball. So this is so so this is the first thing like uh, for wet plates. So the first case is this feeling of magic, a feeling of uh, creation, personal okay. excitement. You know, all those <laughs> also is also frustration. Yeah. Part of that is also fr- it comes it comes as a patch package. But the second thing is aesthetic. You know, in today's in today's world where everything is generic and uh, everything is made in China or Taiwan or somewhere, you know, like, and we have all, 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 we all have the same digital cameras, the same software, the same lenses and so on and so forth. And, and now, you know, now comes somebody that does something with their hands, you know, and they're using the lenses from, I don't know, they're like more than 100 years old. And, you know, everything that you do, it's unique. It's, it's very, it's very unique, you know. Of course, it's not a magic wand, a wand that would would turn every picture into gold. But I I, I would say that it does ha- it does play play this effect of something unique, something handcrafted, something you know. But basically, if you're a wet plater, you can, you cannot really do it. I mean, you can try for as a uh, you know that somebody will help you and do, and you do it as a weekend project. But otherwise, if you want to do something seriously with, you have to commit yourself. I don't know, at least a year, so you would be you will be there where you want to be. You know, um, to to be to be to be co- confident in the process. So what I'm trying to say is this: you know, it, it, it you know it it's, it it get, it has it has its own. Aesthetic, but I'm not just talking about aesthetic from the developer, from the medium, from you know all these errors and uh, so. But I'm also, but I'm more, I'm more talking about the lenses, you know, because in the, for my last project, which was a New Earth, uh, I was using a camera which is 16 by 20 inch format, a huge camera, and I was using 500 millimeter lens, 500. Nice. And and this 500 millimeter lens is like you would like like would be around uh, 38 millimeters on a on a 35 on the let's say Leica format on the uh, 35 like full frame okay digital you call it full frame right. so so basically the 500 millimeter was a wide angle lens de facto wide angle lens which you know gave gave another another it gave I, you cannot fake that you, there is no there is no preset for physics you know <laughs> you know the way the 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 lenses are are bending the light that's how it is you know 500 millimeter lens and it has a wide angle you know you cannot fake that with any uh any software you mentioned some of your lenses what what does some of your gear look like that you use most regularly yeah so i'm just looking around so i'm seeing uh, i mean i'm looking at my pictures that are around uh, so i'm seeing one of them is a lens from uh, it's a petzva lens from 1890s something french on chardon Chard, something like that i don't know it, it's I, I don't know I, I i don't remember but it's a good lens it's a good lens it has a really beautiful bouquet and all the swirl and everything so this is one, and then uh, my favorite lens is Voigtlander Heliar, a 300 millimeter. I use this one for all the almost all the portraits or many portraits. 
So, uh, and I mentioned the one 500 millimeter. Uh, it's Dalmeyer. It's a big lens. Uh, yeah, it's 500 millimeter big lens Dalmeyer. Fully open aperture is 6.8. So it's really, it's really like the lens has at least I don't know three, four, three kilos, which is, I don't know, six pounds or yeah, something. Right, I don't know. Right. I'm not yep. sure. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, it's really, it's really heavy. So those three, I, if I would, if I could choose, I would choose those three. And then I also use a lot on, on the film, not as much as I used to, but I love um, Mamiya twin lens and um, twin lens camera. And now I obtained also Hasselblad 500. So I will see how this will go. So that, and um, so I, I use this twin lens, I mean, it's a medium format camera as for my family pictures, you know, <laughs> because I know I love photography so much that I, 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 you know, if I have my phone or something like that and I take a picture and I say, oh, this is really good picture, you know, <laughs> I wish I would have like a proper picture. <laughs> and you, then, yeah. You went the big gear for those, and, for some of those moments. <laughs> yeah. And, and six by six, uh, six by six is kind of, uh, it's just like, in, in the, you know, it's heavy and it's serious. It's a great camera, but you can still catch the moments, you know? So anyway, it's, what, what about your what about your cameras that you use? Have you do you have multiples? Of... So so I have sixteen by twenty, sixty by twenty Gibellini. Uh, then I have uh, ten by twelve inch Vagevasari. It's Indian, and I have also a half plate, which is something smaller than um, five by seven. Okay. This is also Vagevasari, and then I have Plaubel. Plaubel is like monorail camera, five by seven. And I have Shenhao 4x5-inch from large format cameras. And then I have several of Kodak Folding Brownies. Kodak Folding Brownie, that's like a compact camera from 1906 or 19-something yep. like that. And it's just, I love it. I love it. It's really the lens. I mean, it's difficult to work with because you cannot really, you know, you have, you cannot really sharp, uh, focus and so on you just you just have to you have you have a measurement feet or meters and <laughs> you set a focus on that and it's very fra fragile and so on and so on but the quality for this camera it's like it's amazing it's really amazing i, I made i made some some of my favorite images on that one you know it's so basically it's a camera that costs like 50 euros or let's say 50 dollars and uh, and it's just, and you know for one who knows what to do with it is worth its weight in gold. It has a, <laughs> a ama amazing lens. It has amazing lens. You can have really vintage lens, proper vintage lens. And you know you don't have to you don't have to go to do crazy wet plate. You can do uh, paper negatives. You know you can just use silver gelatin papers, put it inside, and <laughs> and uh, and it's uh, it's it, yeah. I got really good results. You know out of that. So this is, I, I would not skip that camera. Let's say if I would have to give away some cameras, that would definitely be not in the first half, you know, right. would be, uh, I would, uh, I would try to, the one that I cherish more than the others. That's great. Uh, where, do you typically shoot with natural light or do you have strobes and other lighting that you use for portraits? I love portraits with strobes, and just because it yields amazing sharpness, 
and it just pops, you know, it's pops. That's because because if I'm talking about portraits, I'm I'm talking about. Uh, but these are portraits more like I would say, uh, not my personal work. So it's more like like you know for clients, you know, people want yeah. to have a portrait on the glass and I take pictures of them. So that and for workshops, I love tropes. You know, they really, I really love it because I really have a lot, a lot, uh, very, very strong tropes. I like, I don't know, nine thousand watt seconds, uh, yeah, okay. both wow. in, in in on in two on two heads. I mean, not not uh, both of them together, uh, six thousand and three thousand. So it's really a lot. So I can, you know. I can even close down the aperture to exactly. f8 and just make a pop. You know, it's, everything is sharp. You know, right. so so this is uh, this is a uh, this is a uh, what's the word in English? A, a golden goose, or you know, basically the the chicken that gives gives the golden right, golden right. eggs. Yeah. <laughs> so so if you want to turn if you want to patch patch your budget with wet plate, you know, this is the way to go. You know, yeah. <laughs> try use strobes and uh, that will sell well you know that will sell well yeah hey let, let's talk about this uh mobile studio that you've got this land rover i mean that's a pretty uh, unique yeah. way of getting around to some of these remote locations H- how do you yeah. set that that beast up whenever you go out on the road oh uh, i love this car it's kind of like a it's kind of like a family member you know <laughs> it's loud it's slow it's expensive to drive it's expensive to maintain it's <laughs> it's uh but you know when you get into the forest you know it's like the best you know because it's like a beast it just goes and uh and because it's all old like it's 50 51 years old now so uh, you know it's also has uh, all the scratches are on so i don't really care if i if i drive through the through the branches and it, it goes like this you know if you would have like a normal like a civilian car, quote unquote, <laughs> you wouldn't, you would, you wouldn't go where I go, you know. Yeah. So hey, I, Bert, I'm, yeah. fi- I'm 50 years old too, so I've got a lot of those same scratches. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting there in uh, two years, so. <laughs> so, so do you? I, I take it you have a portable dark room that you take out with you when you do a lot of these type of yeah. uh, location shots. Is it built into yeah. your Land Rover or is it a separate uh, box that you pull out and set up? What's what's that look like? I have two two versions. One, let's say if I have 60 by 20 inch, I just have one option, which is a darkroom tent. <laughs> That's all, you know, it's too big. It's too big to, to handle uh, those big plates. Uh, but if I have like up to 10 by 12 inch, I have like a dark box that is installed in the, in the Landy. And I also have a, a container with water on the roof. So I have like running water and then I have also the sink. I decided, I designed it myself and uh, I did a lot of improvements uh, while I was building it. So my dark box is like a, like a Frankenstein, <laughs> like patched up here, patched up there. Each, yeah. each screw is different. But uh, but it works, and I'm and I'm really satisfied with. But you know, I'm now because it works. You know, I'm so lazy not to do it now when I know everything, how it's all the measurements and all the little details. I don't want to do the. I, I should do another another copy, also basically another version to be like more, like to be more tight. But but I never I, I never did. <laughs> so nice. Have you ever got that thing stuck in the mud before? Oh, many times. Um, <laughs> yeah, 
But but I would say like this uh, that I was really stuck stuck was just in the beginning that I had to call my my neighbor. I went to the uh, call my neighbor. He came with his tractor that he's pulling the the trees out of from the, you know lumberjack tractor <laughs> tractor and he pulled me out nice. uh, from this. So that, that that was the time that I really didn't. Yeah, I, I, I was like I was like in the beginning in the first couple, first month uh, owning a Land Rover. So I, I thought you know I di- I didn't really understood what are the dangers and what are what are not dangerous you know so basically so you can get yourself really <laughs> easily stuck it's good to but have a neighbor have a with, a, with a tractor to uh, pull <laughs> yeah, you out of those yeah, tight that's spots right. <laughs> that's right oh i want to say this anecdote so basically i got stuck and i said okay i'm not i will not get to the spot that i wanted to go i called my neighbor he said i will come in a half an hour or whatever for 45 minutes I said, okay, what should I do? I have all the gear here, you know, so I opened everything, the tent and everything. At that time I had tent. I think I had a tent, yeah. No, never mind. I, 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 I did, and I set up my wet plate stuff and I, and I photographed it and I did one really nice negative and when the, the neighbor with tractor came and pulled out my car, I, I, gave, I gave him a, a, a picture of a tree that I took a photo there, you know, as, as, a, as a thank you, you know. <laughs> so, <Nice>. so, <laughs> So he was happy that you know he it took him like half an hour to get me out uh, and he got like a nice picture. <laughs> Very nice. Hey, Bor, I I, I think that uh, you either have a a book in the works or or maybe it's close to being released. Uh, tell me what that process was like to go through and I mean, h- how do you select the pictures that you're trying to publish in these books whenever they all have some special meaning to you? First of all. I start with a concept, you know, I have an idea what I want to say, or if it, even if I, if I don't have any, the words, even when you say, when I say you have, I have a concept or I have an idea what I want to say, that maybe it's not, it's not, I don't mean it, you know, in a, in a literal with words, you know, maybe I just want to convey a feeling of, okay. let's say a positive feeling or a negative feeling, whatever, let's say in my, um, first real book was a, a father tale was a story about uh, being a parent story about delights and fears being uh, a father or or a parent you know so basically it was like half of the images were very positive and half of the images were uh, uh, kind of like like uh, you can feel the fear and the black coming in and um you know i've by my surprise i realized that i can in this story of my kids, basically, and myself, I can include pictures of pictures of uh, landscapes, uh, trees, r- rocks, whatever. Why? Because I was just looking. What is what kind of feeling this picture gives me? Like what ki- what is it talking? If I put this picture together with this picture, does it uh, work? You know, and so on and so on. So um, so first of all, you have to have very clear clear concept. What I what are you trying to convey? Uh, what kind of message you want to convey? And um, and usually is yeah, it starts with this feeling. You know what you feel, and um, when you look at some some pictures and so on. So this is this is very important. This is very important. And then it's easy. Then you know, I mean, easy. You know, then you you put. Two pictures together, and you leave it. You cannot. You cannot. You have to leave it for a while, and then see it again next day, and the next day, and the next day, right. and then, uh, then you know, it, it adds up. But 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 I love this this process. Oh my goodness, 
this is probably my favorite part of being a photographer is like making books. I was photo editor for a magazine for a long time, a long time, like seven years, eight years, something like that. And um, yeah, and I've learned something about it. And, and you know, I have, and I always had a, a passion of buying books, if not collecting photo books, you know. So um, that's how it is, you know. I love it. So, so what is the subject of this most recent publication that you've got that's coming out? Yeah, well, uh, the one that I'm working on is a manual. So this is our. This is not. That doesn't count on this. Uh, but the one that I I made I already published is a, a new earth. It's called. It's a project about a man and a and then nature. And basically, it's very, I would say, spiritual in the sense of uh, it talks about existence, uh, raising awareness, who we are, what we are, and and, and basically uh, emotions. And, you know, it, it's very interesting. This is the first project. This project started in 2020, in the beginning of COVID. And since we were all closed, we were we were watching YouTube very often, you know, and I checked a lot of photography uh, channels, and I wasn't well, I was not impressed because you know how it is. There are like those five famous photographers <laughs> all the time, you know, reappearing. So uh, I would say, and then I, I started to watch uh, painters, you know, like something about painting and paint, painters, and I really got imp- impressed. Uh, and I got into this mentality, and it really is in, in the mentality of building a picture, like thinking about elements and and putting it together and so on. It was very very different than all my other work. It was much more yeah much more pre thought uh, what what I'm trying to say and why this picture not that picture. So a lot of pictures a lot of my work is directly related to some painting. Either is that a Venus from Botticelli or Andrew White, no, why yes, Christina's World, you know. But let's say if we are talking about Christina's World and Andrew Wyatt, um, let's say you, 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 I would just, it's a very famous painting of, uh, of this uh, lady lying on the floor because she was paralyzed and she didn't, she was refusing to have any aid, like a wheelchair or something. So she was crawling through the through the landscapes to get to the house and so on. So Andrew Wyatt saw that and she, he painted it. So I didn't want to remake the image, you know. I didn't want to remake the image. I just wanted to to take the feeling that I felt, uh, and I just wanted to make. I, I used the body language, like the the, the 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 pose of the body on the floor, but all the rest is different, like in my photo. But I, I named it, I entitled it In Christina's World, <laughs> you know, not Christina's World, but In Christina's uh, World. So, so it was like a, definitely a homage to, to that painting. And um, yeah, and Venus was also. So basically, yeah, that, that's my, my last project is about very much, very much about consciousness. And um, first time in my life that I was writing and I mean, publishing poems. Uh, those poems just came by themselves out and um, in the middle of the forest. So, uh, and it's perfect. It's, they really a great fit to, really great fit to, to photography. Really great fit to photography. Nice, nice. You, you had mentioned your series of uh, Father's Tale, and, and you've got quite a few different portfolios on your site, but 
myself yeah. as a, as a father of two sons, I'm I'm kind of drawn to some of those family photos that you've got in that series. Yeah. What, what what was the real motivation behind that? You had mentioned Sally Mann early on, and I know that you know she yeah. had done a lot of work with with photographing her family. What, what, yeah, yeah. What motivated you for Father's Tale? Well, in uh, 2016, when this project really became uh, like, pro- like I really decided that this is my my import uh, my my work, which my book. In 2016, I I I went through divorce from the relationship from a marriage that uh, from the relationship that lasted 21 years. So photography in that time was a bridge between me and my kids, you know. So what should we do? Let's take a let's go and take a picture, you know. And then we spent a day. They were posing, da, 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 and we went for pizza or whatever, you know. We brought a picnic stuff, and uh, they were in the nature uh, and, and so on. So we had we had kind of like a good excuse to to hang around together. Uh, and I was I had like my camera always, so I had this six by six twin lens camera that I mentioned before. Uh, and then I have also this wet plate stuff. I mean, wet plate uh, material. But of course, for wet plate, but it was fun, you know. Like we went with the Land Rover to to some uh, place in a, in a forest or the forest or, or some location. And then uh, and usually uh, we we went not only three, but I all, we also got our my friends or nieces and so on. So I was like a lot of kids, and they enjoyed playing themselves. Uh, they they enjoyed playing. And uh, and you know while while it will be when it was when I was ready I just said okay you two get here da, 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 you do like this and they were posing and I took a picture and they went off you know to play again so that was really a good a good way of hanging around and as I said that, that photography was really important time and um, really bring everything into to place uh, my my fatherhood uh, to my kids and and you know. That that's what it was. Do, do, do your kids ever complain about getting their photo taken? You know the old uh, uh, dad. Dad's getting his <laughs> yeah. camera out again. Bit. <laughs> yeah. Now they are teenagers and they don't want to be photographed. <laughs> so uh, so now it's over, you know. <laughs> yeah. But I, I but I have a son which is three and a half years old and he loves he loves this cameras either to take pictures or or to be photographed, you know, so, so, <laughs> so we will see, we will see what will happen. <laughs> Is there anyone, like if you could take an image of anybody, if you could set them down in a, in some studio environment to photograph them, who, who would that be for you? Aha, uh-huh, uh, like a, like a person that I want to photograph. Yeah, it could be anybody. Minor white. I would, uh, like minor white, it's, uh, do you know this photographer? Uh, Minor White. I think he is uh, he's American, of course, um, but he was he's the first who had the cover of what was it? Was it a Time magazine? He had the first cover. Anyway, uh, he was a very interesting guy, very very interesting guy because he 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 was also teaching, and he was interested in the in psychology and. Um, he was interested in, uh, let's say, uh, his students, before they were viewing the photographs, he got them hypnotized. They got like an experiment. They got, they got all hypnotized, and they were watching these uh, pictures and what they feel and so on. <laughs> so he was a very interesting guy. Also, the book, uh, The Mind's Eye, from Henri Cartier-Bresson, is very important. 
for me from but huh who would be anybody yeah that's the thing like you know it's 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 a it's a uh, it's very now when you're asking me this i feel very uncomfortable why because <laughs> uh, you know why let me tell you why because now i'm thinking who would I like to hang around with? And now I have this bloody camera in front of me. I don't want to take a picture of him. I want to talk to him. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, that's, that's, that's my idea. You know, I don't want to take pictures. I want to talk to you. You know, I want to, I have questions. Well, that, you know? <laughs> that is the, the beauty of this process is that it takes so long to capture an image. That yeah. You do have a lot of, of downtime that you can kind of interact. That's true. So. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about that happened to me twice in my life that there was like something so beautiful that I, I didn't want to w look through the camera I wanted to see it with my bare eyes and once was uh, the birth of my first child I uh, <laughs> yeah I had a camera there that was something uh, life changing and there was also a sun eclipse I never when I saw the first time actually the only time sun full sun eclipse oh my god you know I just I just didn't want to photograph I just wanted to <gasps> just want to breathe in uh, through my eyes i just want to uh, let shower me shower me it was just so 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 incredible that's great uh so twice twice in my life i didn't want to photograph through uh, i wanted to see so um yeah let's say minor white uh, he would he 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 is a very interesting guy and um but you know the people that i know from personally i would say Definitely, I would love to photograph Olivero uh, Toscani. He was he was my teacher from Fabrica, from Benetton. He's the the author of uh, of the images that were made the Benetton so famous. <laughs> and uh, of course, also maybe maybe yeah, maybe Mark Osterman definitely uh, definitely. Yeah, and I'm thinking maybe I, maybe it would be a good idea to take pictures. And also, my my first teacher, my first teacher who taught me about photography, came by yesterday uh, a few days ago. I took a picture of him, <laughs> so the, in a, in a collodion, and then I made carbon print with it. So uh, so yeah, I don't know. I I guess I guess it's dilemma. You know, who I want to photograph? Do I want to have like a good photo, or do I want to talk to a person? You know, so it's kind of like a. It's it's not it's not clear in my mind, you know, because when I'm thinking, I I, I can, uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not certain, you know, I'm not sure which one <laughs> would be. No, that's great. Hey, let's talk about the the state of collodion photography in Europe. Uh, at least here in the U.S., it just seems like we're going through this explosion of people over the last, really, I don't know three to four years that have jumped into this process. What, what, is, what do things look like in Europe? Is it kind of gaining traction as a, a photographic art, or is it still kind of limited to kind of a certain set of, of practitioners? The wet plate collodion process, you know, became popularized by, I would say, Sally Mann. Uh, she put this process on the, the highest, the brightest stage. As, um, because she is a star, she was a star before, and now uh, everybody learned about that, and then became really popular in in in. So I would say, although in Europe there were definitely people like you know Misha Keskenovich who never who doesn't know nobody from the United States or who he learned by himself, and I know uh, two more I think uh, who who learned by themselves. 
but mostly the popularization came from United States, and and I would say just like in United States, what I what I hear, you know, I, I uh, the saturation came to the level uh, came to the level. I mean, uh, the 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 wet art art market became saturated with a uh, wet plate collodion. Because, you know, in wet plate collodion, whatever you photograph, it looks sexy, you know. So the question <laughs> is why, you know, yeah. why are you using this process, you know. And um, just because it looks different, you know, it, it, was, it, was, it was great in the beginning. <laughs> but that first laugh for wet plate collodion process in the art market is gone. Hmm. So, so, yeah. So... No, this is what I want to say. Yeah, yeah may, maybe it'll it'll start to turn the other way, and 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 just the, some of the weekend warriors that that take a couple of shots every so often, they might start to lose interest. Uh, it just seems like there's so many people that are shooting it now. I I, I know we always say yeah. that you know there's a thousand people worldwide, but to me it seems like there's a lot more people no. than that right now that are doing. Of this. course, of yeah. course. Yeah. yeah. I, I would I would say like this. Um, 99% or 99.9% of people, contemporary photographers who are using wet plate collodion process are using it for positive, so which means ambrotypes or tintypes. I am interested in wet plate collodion negative. You know why? Because wet plate collodion negative, for, for a couple of reasons. One, if I make a negative, then I have to make a print and uh, I can choose a lot, a lot. Like, Digital photographer basically has only one choice, inkjet. <laughs> right. yeah. I mean, could, uh, theoretically, you, you can make a digital negative and do many things, but basically 99.99999% is an inkjet, <laughs> you know, for digital photographers. Uh, is that inkjet on this material, on that material, that doesn't really matter, it's inkjet. And uh, when I say inkjet, um, I prefer to say it a uh, computer drawing <laughs> because basically it's a computer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I'm always asking a person, you know, if I would draw so well as a computer and I would draw the same, the same, literally the same image, the computer draws, you know, would you call my painting a photograph? You know, you would not. <laughs> so why you call that? Anyway, leave that. That's, that's yeah. another, that's another, <laughs> that's another uh, thing. Uh, that's a good point, though. <laughs> Bart. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, because a photo means like drawing with light, you know, it has to be drawing with light. Anyway, so so my point, what I'm trying to say is that wet plate negative, when you make a negative, when you have a negative in your hand, it opens, I know, like 40 or more processes that you can make a print out of it. So, you know, let's say I'm thinking about uh, one of my next projects will be, I'm, I'm thinking about photographing my son as a, as a character in a fictional story. And uh, I, want to, I want to make wet plate collodion negative. And from that, I want to make oil print, oil print, you know, like basically why? Because I want to have this aesthetic for the other for this new project that will come when it will come. So so uh, so what I'm trying to say is if you have a wet plate negative you can choose. If you have a positive you either have one plate and then you have a scan which means that you're the only back, the back only option the is realm. like yeah. <laughs> yeah, computer drawing. Right, right. Uh, so so uh, so but with a negative you and and you know it's um, you're unpredictable. You're fresh meaning like you can do your own stuff. Uh, you can choose 
much more than you know just just so yeah but of course it's like 10 times more work you know it's much more work. oh the, the second thing if you if you if you have, i'm a professional photographer which what basically that means i need to sell i need to sell my work if i make a positive and i sell this plate it's gone i will never see it again if i do a a, a negative and then i make a print i can sell one print i can sell two prints i can sell whatever prints but what is very important for me is that the negatives are staying in uh, in one archive so basically i have this romantic vision that after my death you know somebody could go in in the in that basement there and then could see all my images all my plates together so you know they can make they can see the path that i walked uh, you know the, the the stuff that i have seen if there would be a, a positive somewhere uh, around the world, you know, nobody would keep the track. So for me, that's kind of like a, my legacy. I want to have my legacy in, 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 together. So that's why the wet plate negative is so much better than positive, because I can make a print and I can sell it and I can keep my originals, original negatives in uh, at home. Nice. So, so you're you're saying that you've not like ordered someone to sneak into your archive and then smash all your negatives uh, when you're gone just to just to drive the value of the prints up <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah just just yeah maybe maybe you know if uh, if somebody would try that maybe i'll wake up from the dead you know <laughs> but but i will definitely come like a Fred, a Fred, a freddy krueger <laughs> like like a nightmare Okay, let let's talk some top shit now. Uh, you've got a blog <laughs> called Top Shit. How did how did that name come about? For folks that don't well, it's yeah, yeah. So I have top shit photography. Like first of all, it you have ordinary and you have extraordinary. You have shit and you have top shit. <laughs> you know, it's kind of <laughs> following this logic. You know, yeah. it has to. Uh, but basically, it also reflects my my view to the life. You know, let's not take it so seriously. Uh, that's one thing. And then second thing is also, um, like it was fun, you know, if I'm honest, I'm not using this brand anymore and I'm, I'm changing it. I'm changing it. I'm trying to, uh, but I will still keep it as a, as a mental because, you know, you cannot be really serious. You know, I don't know. People will not think it's, it's, it's a, it's a challenge right. on a challenging market. Like, like today it's to have a, to have like a joke name. Uh, maybe it's a, it's, it's a little bit something that I don't want to carry anymore. Yeah. No, but, but yeah, so, so I will have something else, but, uh, I already have a name. Anyway. But I do have to say, I mean, you put out some great video content across a lot of the different social media platforms, very well produced mm. pieces and, Thank I mean, you. what is it that drives you to want to publish that information and make it available? I mean, you, you mentioned that you've had a yeah. lot of people that have helped you out along the way. Th- these are valuable yeah. insights into a lot of different processes, not just wet plate, but yeah, a lot yeah. of your printing stuff. What is it that yeah. that really kind of says, man, I, I just want to get this next video out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a lot of work with these videos, my goodness. And, you know, I kind of grew up uh, also in a uh, – my standards also grew, you know, so I'm not satisfied with just GoPro and just do it something fast or, or just uh, turn on the camera and just do a talking head, just talking, 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 you know. <laughs> I, uh, even if it's, uh, uh, you know, tutorial, you know, I still want to make fun. Uh, I still want to have, like, to look good and so on. So and that takes a lot of time. Okay, so first of all, when I started to do a wet plate, I have, so I live in a small country, 
uh, out in a small town. So um, my municipality of Straja has only four four thousand people, and uh, and and that's even even that's too much. I'm <laughs> I'm I bought a cabin in the forest. Anyway, the point <laughs> what I'm trying to say, <laughs> what I'm trying to say. As an artist, you can get pretty lonesome here, <laughs> you know, but I studied abroad, you know, I studied abroad. And for me, uh, this, I always had a feeling that I want to be, I want to be in touch with, with international audience and so on. And uh, when I started Wet Plate, I said to myself, okay, I just have three options. You know, as a professional photographer, if I want to make this a profession, I have three choices. One, quit. Second, move out from, from, from this country, basically, because it's too small market. Or thirdly, do something, uh, become so good that people will come from the world, around the world will come to see you, to your small town, you know. Yeah. And uh, obviously, since I'm getting your attention, you know what, which, which, <laughs> which, which uh, answer, which path I took. I, I think you've been uh, successful my... with that. That was a good choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Last last uh, last workshop, somebody came from South Africa, you know, got a visa and everything, you know, and flew to Ljubljana, to Slovenia, to Straja, and, and he came from. And he was the first time that saw like a proper snow snowing. You know? Yeah, I think I saw that uh, short clip on Instagram of that guy. Yeah. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, and he went for a walk in the next day after they said, "Listen, you cannot have a you know if you want to go for a walk in the snow, these are not sneakers. These are not, I'm not letting you with these sneakers." <laughs> so I got him everything, ski pants, good boots, and everything. So I said, and, and double and good socks. And said, "Now, now you you take that." So <laughs> yeah, so. So, Bord, as we kind of wrap things up here, I mean, social media mm-hmm. has been important to you to get that messaging out and to share this information, kind of draw people yeah. to your work. How do people that, yeah. that actually want to see what you've done, take a look at these videos, maybe talk to you about a, a workshop, how do they get in contact with you? YouTube, YouTube 99%, I would say. Also Facebook, but on Facebook... I'm not as yeah. So basically, um, YouTube is my main channel. That said, I have my ambitions have grown. You know, I want to do more because I was. I, you know, I know that I'm, I I I have a content. I know I I know how to do storytelling. I have all the elements except one. I have to be more frequent. You know, I have to do. If I really want to do it, I have to do it. I don't know. At least twice uh, twice a month, or even better, three three times a month. You know, right. or best would be every week. But I don't know. I have a lot of things going on. I have now exhibition coming um, in Prague, and then also in Portugal, in a in my small town, Mar Masar. I forgot. <laughs> and then uh, in first and second of April, we have a Collodian European Collodian weekend in Tuscany, um, in Italy. So I will be pretty busy. I will will keep myself pretty busy. Yeah. Yeah, You mentioned the European Collodian Weekend, the ECW, I think, uh, is the shortcut for that. What's it like being around all of the different folks that attend that? You know, there's a lot of different experience levels and and a lot of people from all over the globe that have attended that. I I don't know why here in the U.S. we can't get something similar to that set up, but... 
What's yeah. it like just being around some of those folks that are maybe even mentors to you or, or you've helped them out to get yeah. started in the process? Yeah. Yeah, um, it's great. It's, it's great. It was first time that I got to meet strangers and uh, I was not called Borat. <laughs> yeah, people know my name. They called me Borut. They were not calling me Borat. So that was great. Borut, you, sh- was you should have great. showed up in that uh, that bathing suit that uh, Borat wears. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I've done that. I've done that. <laughs> but not at the European Colonial Weekend. <laughs> what I want to say, yeah, no, uh, it's good. It's good. It's good to see people and. Um, because on the other day, it's socializing is very important. Like you know, you know how it is. We are, we are, we are social animals. So it's kind of it's really good to see people and uh, see the name, uh, the the face behind the name, and sure. um, that's that's good. Yeah. Yeah, and, and even though there are a large number of people that that do this process, it's still somewhat of a a small community of folks, and uh, I, I can see yeah. how that would be fun to get together with folks every so often and. Kind of see what yeah. they're up to. Yeah, actually, you learn a lot with this. Let's say if there are 30 people together, you know, one has this approach. It's a little things, you know, little, little, little things. But little things, they make a big difference, you know. So you learn a lot by seeing also, like, I don't know, how somebody's making using this trick to stabilize his camera more or using this recipe for a negative or that. And so on, you know, cleaning the plates and so on. It's it's good to see. It's it's really good. It's it's really good to see this this kind of a you know um, level of hanging out. That said, I also have um, in my woodland. I'm preparing the wet plate expedition. Uh, last year was the was happening again, but actually last year was the third time already. Uh, it was 2016, 2017. Then 2018 and 19, no, then, no, wait. Anyway, no, it was 2017, 2018, and 19 and 20, my son was born, and COVID came, and, you know, so on. So that time was not, but 2022, I, I started uh, to do this project. And, yeah, Shane Balkovich flew from United States, and um, Odette flew from Tel Aviv. And, uh, you know, so it was, it was, it was really good to see... Um, uh, people coming here for the whole week, you know, it's not a weekend, it's whole week in a forest. Um, and, you know, I had comments saying this was life-changing experience, you know, because because this is something that um, that I have experienced also personally, you know, when you're in the forest, but you're not in the forest going through the park or something like that. You're in the forest for days, you know. Uh, your mind slows down, you know, your mind chatter quiets down, quiets down, and it's really good. And uh, especially if you have to be focused uh, and doing uh, by doing wet plate uh, collodion photography, you know. So it's good. Yeah, it's good. That's great. Well, Borat, thanks for being on the show today, and I'm glad we were finally able to uh, connect up, and I appreciate you being our first international guest on 10 Questions. Thank you. Thank you so much for your attention and keep up the good work. All right. Awesome. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode and maybe even picked up some insights that will help you along in your own wet play journey. I'd love to hear from you on who you'd like to have on in a future episode. So send me a message and follow our Instagram account at 10 questions with any feedback. 
don't forget to hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast provider. Thanks for listening to me, Chad Shryock, and my expert guests. And I look forward to you joining me again in the coming weeks for a new episode of 10 Questions. Thank you.